Hi, all. This is Heath Burr from the Mixed Messages Podcast Show. I'm here tonight with my dear friend Alyssa, and uh, I can't wait to have the conversations we're all going to share tonight. Alyssa, thank you for joining me. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, you and I have sat around and had many fireside chats since we've known each other. Yes, we have. And, and we often talk about how we need to be recording them. <laughs> so, <laughs> Here we are finally, yeah. right? And uh, with headphones and a microphone. It sounds good to hear your voice in a headphone set. Yeah, same. All right. Why don't we just talk about a little profiling, right? You know, these are all just friends and family and peers and colleagues and normal everyday people are on this show with me. This is not a celebrity show. And we're just here to sit down and have conversations about life and relationship and tying in some of the things that kind of create commonality. Right. You know? I think the common thread is our discussion that we have about people that are sort of leveled up. Mm, yeah. Not yeah. the common conversation necessarily. Good point. That's good but point. hopefully it, if someone hears it, they'll be encouraged to level up. Well, that's actually a good, a, a good interjection for our conversation tonight because we're talking about keeping score. And, right. and, and actually, <laughs> leveling up might have some scorekeeping associated to it. Yes, right? like absolutely. We might find that we have there some scorecard <laughs> that we weren't expecting to talk about right. when we say we need to sit in front of people who are kind of leveling up and leveled up. Absolutely. But yeah, I mean, obviously, we want to bring some consciousness and some intellect and some experience to this, right? Mm-hmm. And ability to have empathy for ourselves and others or the ability to be introspective. I mean, you wouldn't really want to sit in front of a microphone and talk about your life, would no, you? No, no. Yeah, so I think the microphone and the headphones are probably, uh, you know, gated enough to get somebody who wasn't really feeling leveled up to not sit down in front of it. Right. And here you are. You look like a shining star. <laughs> You're like, yeah, bring it. <laughs> I have a little tread under my feet on this one. <laughs> you do. So yeah. why don't we start with just you talking to us a little bit about, like, your dating life. I mean, not now, before, in the beginning. Like, just take us on a little journey. Journey, right like because I mean I've never had that conversation with you entirely I, and I could share mine too right like yeah. we'll, we'll be as transparent with each oh, other yeah. as possible right but let's just let, let the audience know like who you are from the world of dating just for a minute right well I think I come with a, a unique cape of dating being that I'm a 50 year old woman who's had two marriages two divorces <laughs> under her belt um, I'm not jaded I don't look at them as failed marriages for that matter I really enjoy dating I enjoy connecting with people. I enjoy learning about myself in that way. You know, I do get what I call dating fatigue sometimes <laughs> because I'm an introvert, actually. I'm an extroverted introvert, so I enjoy the connection, even if there's no powerful attraction there. You know, if we can connect on some level, it's never a wasted experience for me. So you kind of got that, like, sex in the city dating. I mean, I know it's a terrible <laughs> example, but, like, some people are yeah. kind of good at it and like it. And some people kind of, like, you know, are horrified by it. Right, yeah. I lived in Boston, and I loved dating in Boston. I loved it. You know, I met really smart men, um, you know, sometimes really smart women, depending on what mood I was in, <laughs> what okay. the flavor of the week Let's was. open it up, yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah. But um, some of them became some of my closest friends. Some of them would become lovers, some of them funny stories, but always learning about myself. Um, it's interesting being 50 now and single again and dating and the, the, the sort of in and out of that. So maybe generationally dating feels a little different. Absolutely. Like 20s, 30s, yeah. 40s, 50s maybe. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I'm okay bowing out of something if it doesn't feel comfortable pretty quick. And, um, and I don't take any offense if there's no connection. A lot of it is I'm really fine by myself, so now I'm a little bit more choosy about what I'm going to step into, I think, which I wasn't necessarily in my 30s. And so the post-50, which is just recently, era, 
you are now kind of maybe being more selective with your time and the kind of people Absolutely. you spend your energy with? Or yeah, like tonight I could have gone out on a date or mm-hmm. sat here and talked to you. I All would right. much rather sit here and talk to you. Right, good. That's the context. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Sorry, I'm going to pass on the date tonight. I've got something else going on. Absolutely. It's yeah. definitely a natural <laughs> comment that you might make in any yeah. given day. Right? Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And so for someone who finds dating easy, mm-hmm. right, which is not everybody, you know, listening right now, right, right what are the things that you are uneasy you about dating? So what's not fun is, you know, attraction is attraction. And one of the things I've learned over time, and anybody who online dates knows this, that there's no amount of photos or phone conversations or texting that can uh, determine chemistry. I mean, chemistry is always face-to-face. You need to smell the person. <laughs> you need to, you know, to see their body language. And that's really, there's no way to replicate that. The fatigue can start there, right? That's Just exactly in the right. sheer search, right? Yeah, it's, of like, it's a nightmare. <laughs> it's kind of a nightmare, right? <laughs> it's a nightmare. Okay, cool. So there's like this polarity oh, of God, like yeah. how delightful it's been right. to the version of, oh my God, this is work and it can be exhausting. And right, and you want to be polite, you know, and I'm an, right. I have empathy and compassion and, and it's not fun for anybody and we're all putting ourselves out there and, you know, so um, I'm never going to be rude, but at the same time, I would say majority of the dates, I start thinking, okay, how much time can I give this before it's not rude for me to leave? Right. Well, let's take a moment with that. Do you feel like, you know, like there's, it's more work for you to date than for guys to date? I mean, I might be totally off um, here, but, you I, know. I don't feel that way. Okay, cool. I, I don't, but, yeah. but I don't know as if I have... Uh, a typical path or a typical existence. Let me ask this then: in the average of how many guys showed up at the table to meet you, did yeah. they show up as like you know uh, as a, awake and convicted and ready to have the conversation as you did? Mm, well, I, I will say since I moved to Florida, it's it's a very different ball game here. Okay. Um, I think that I don't show up as a typical Florida woman, so I, I think I disarm men pretty quickly. And that gets awkward. So, disarming doesn't sound like a bad thing. What do you mean disarming? Um, disarming sounds like you've made it they, easy for them. They want. Oh, you you like let the gates down pretty <laughs> quick, and then they're like, "Whoa!" Like the wolf yeah, gets like to I come hear, out. I hear things like, "Wow, you, you really have a you really have a lot of opinions." You know. It's like, wow, I, I think I'm just having a conversation. But yeah, of, of course, I have a lot of so, opinions. So, being an experienced dater. Yeah. Like, what's the differences between a man hunting women on a website and then getting to the date, and a woman hunting a man on a website, or any gender hunting the masculine or feminine? Do you have any thoughts on that? I think I do. I mean, again, I'm in I'm in a weird age bracket. I mean, the weird thing is, um, I'm kind of a a unique date as a 50 year old in that I have a 22 year old son, so I'm an empty nester. I'm financially independent, so I come to the table with a lot. Um, However, I'm not interested in a Louis Vuitton bag, and I'm not going to get a blowout before I meet somebody. What's a blowout? I don't know. (laughs) I don't get my hair done. Oh, right. Yeah, so the ladies are like, Jesus, what's a blowout? Okay, I get it. Yeah. Yeah, And you're not looking for a guy to show up and be like, oh, baby, you're the best thing is in sliced bread, and I'm going to buy you a Louis Vuitton and take you on a yacht. Exactly. So so. So I think that's what gets a little bit interesting in Florida. I live in Naples, and there's a lot of... A lot of wealth. um, a lot of wealth and mm-hmm. there's a lot of men that but that's what they want. The, yeah. That, like yeah. what, what I, what I say on, on one of my, one of my profiles on one of the dating sites is, um, 
I say brain candy versus eye candy. And not that I don't find myself attractive, but I'm not somebody's eye candy. That's just not, I don't orient that way. Right. So I don't show up that way. Which is like a B plan for like a lot of women, right? Like the A plan is fall in love maybe with the person of your dreams and do whatever that looks like. And the B plan could be for men and women to say that I look beautiful, I could be awesome. And if somebody rich, woman or man, you know, yeah. took me for interest and wanted to prance me around and buy me nice things, I would sign up for that program. Exactly. Yeah. And, and a date might look like either way. You never know, right? Like when you show up at a date, I mean, you might just hit the jackpot. Is there not kind of a lotto feeling sometimes? My jackpot would be. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's not talk about like, your jackpot. Let's I have an airstream. <laughs> let's talk about generally like the jackpot the that jack- might be because shared with a lot of other people. Yeah, like, I think you know, I think a lot of women who are who are probably in their fifties and take care of themselves. There's different kinds of jackpots. That's right. There's some women that like to date younger men. That's their form of a trophy. I, I personally, I can't connect with men that are younger. It's just I've lived too much life. Age is not just a number. I, I don't, I don't like that phrase. I mean, to me, it represents possibilities of experience that you've had on, on this earth, and I value that more than anything. Truly, not that you know a forty-year-old man can't have incredible experiences, but... You know, one of my mentors always told me you can't grandfather an experience. Yeah, you can't. You can't, right? You can't. And, and so and maybe that's like a little nugget we can drop on the Mixed Messages show tonight. That's a great one. You can't <laughs> grandfather an experience. You people. can't. Like you have to have these experiences to existentially rise to, to, to new levels through the process of experiencing Absolutely. That? And, that's, and that's what's sexy to me. And that's what mm. is attractive to me. So... If somebody shows up, you know, with a car and a great house and they want to take me on a cruise, I'm not that woman. But on the surface, that doesn't seem like you'd want to break the bank on that one right away. Like, hey, but maybe he's like an awesome human being and has all this, right? So if someone shows up like that, I'm not really in versus is are you maybe in? And then, and then you kind of character check or are you like totally not in because... If you lead with that, then uh, that's, then, that's I'm, then I'm asking. out. Yeah. If you lead with it, right? It's always very telling to me what somebody leads with. That's fantastic. And that's also why I don't show up all dolled up. I'm not going to go on a fancy dinner date with someone I don't know. That's a poor representation of me. It's not accurate. You know, Meet I'm me like, at the hot dog stand <laughs> for like you know yeah, like a beer go. and a hot dog I'm right down the street exactly. from your house. We, we'll just do an hour. I'm on my way to do my thing. You're doing your thing. Exactly. Let's like brush shoulders and see if the chemistry and anything's yes. there. Can you make me laugh? Right. You know, uh-huh. because uh-huh. listen, it's pretty serious out there in the world. And at this point in the stage of the game, I need someone that's, you know, we can laugh. And to me, that is seriously important. It's a form of wealth, truly. And I'm not just saying that to, you know, to sound uh, above anything. I mean, listen, it's great to have money. We need money to to operate. But I think the older I have um, gotten, the more I realize that I don't need that much to be happy. I mean, I'm happiest camping. I'm happiest hiking, you know, things that don't cost a lot of money. Is it fun to go out for a fabulous dinner? Of course. But I've had so many fabulous dinners. So the reason why I invited you on the show is because I trust you and I think you're authentic and I love you, obviously, and you're a dear friend of mine now and we haven't even known each other that long. But everybody can say that, right? Like right. everybody can say like, oh, I'm just looking for a man who makes me laugh and then play the smokescreen and all this stuff, right? Right. But every, like you said, everybody who's I hope is going to speak in this microphone it genuinely means what they say. Right, right? of course. And I think it's... Well, think well I, and also in fairness, I've had all those things. So, you know, right. it, it. I think... You know, it, there's a bit of 
of privilege behind that comment. There's a lot of privilege behind that comment. So we can cover both like how good it is to have a laughing relationship and the privilege and all that in multiple shows in the future. Exactly. Which we will have, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I do think it's like really sweet of you to share, right? And and give uh, give a little window into someone's life for the moment. Like you're looking for much more depth and range and humility and... Well, also, I don't need I don't need somebody to help me raise my son. My son is twenty two, so I, I'm in a, a different stage. But let's in just life. say, like it is though, like when somebody leads like that, I think they're leading with that to say, I could quickly take over power here if you want to give it right. Like I could be the guy, and you could be the girl, and we could do the you know the dance right. right. And I'm gonna open the door in my little hot car, and right. gonna, you're gonna put on your hot little dress, and we're gonna spin this whole thing around, <laughs> and we're gonna have a good time together, right? Yeah. And that feels very short lived, I think, for a lot of people who have kind of gone past it, have lived it, right? Exactly. And I agree, like you know, you have to have the experience of having it before you can say that you don't want it, right? right. Like you know, I mean. Uh, it's, it's easy to say, oh, I'm tired of that after you've had a ton of it, right? Where other women are like, I've never had anybody pull exactly. up the fucking door with a Ferrari right. and said, let me take you for a you know, gorgeous five-star dinner tonight on our first date. Right. But you're sharing with you that, with the audience that you authentically had your place in your life where you that, that, sh- that shit doesn't turn you on anymore. It doesn't. I mean, it, <laughs> if you uh, sent me a picture of your Airstream in your driveway i mean you know that shit could move that's a female that boner right there right now. okay <laughs> yeah. cool right right <laughs> yeah it's just you know different places in life and i think um i think one of the important things to know when you are dating is what where are you in your life and what does fit you know or if you're dating just for sex there's nothing wrong with that and there are times i do that too mm-hmm. and um you know and then that's a separate conversation and that doesn't matter you mm-hmm. know that's oh really it's another podcast we could do a whole other dating for sex right? exactly and, and have a whole bunch of conversations right so now that we've had an opportunity to just kind of warm up the audience and in, in this whatever however minutes we've shared with you guys i hope you're still with us we had a topic we wanted to cover tonight yes and uh that was um, it's this thing that I've noticed happening in various relationships in my, all of the relationships in my life. And, um, I'm sure I do it as well where, um, you keep keeping score and it shows up in different ways. There's the keeping score in the nice way. Um, noticing, you know, Oh, this person in the morning makes me coffee or, Um, you know, when I come home from work, if she's home first, she makes dinner. So there's that sort of keeping score. But then I think one of the things Heath, you and I have spoken about is this other keeping score, which is a darker form. It's almost like, um, we have a chest in our closet and, uh, every time you fuck up, I'm going to throw that in the chest and shut it. I'm not going to talk to you about it though, but when I'm ready to open that chest, (laughs) It's like this really ugly cape that somebody puts on. I've thought about this since we first talked about it, and I have a visual for it. It's bricks and glass. Right? Okay, and okay. I, and it's like I'm putting bricks in my closet, uh-huh. right? and nobody knows why I'm putting bricks in there. Like yeah, they're looking they're like, why are there 17 <laughs> bricks in your closet, right? And it's like, yeah. she hurt me this way, she hurt me that way. And they say, don't throw stones. It's or something yeah, silly don't, like don't that, throw, right? Yeah, don't in throw a glass house, glass house uh, right? right? Something yeah. like that, yeah, from a glass house. Yeah. Or, or, I don't know what it is. <laughs> well, you all get it, right? But the point is, is that put those bricks in my closet. And then when relationship breaks down, I go in and inventory my bricks. And then I come out 
and I start throwing it at a glass house. I feel like the relationship is fragile. Yeah. And I'm picking vulnerable spots of the glass house and I'm throwing bricks in. Right. And, and crash I... the window and drop in and say, you hurt me this way, you hurt me that way. And it leaves the relationship partner on the other side walking around a glass fragile house picking up bricks with little messages on it that said, you hurt me this way and that's why we're not going to last, we're not going to survive or something like that, right? Kind of, it's yeah. It's a really crazy visual, but I'm no, you know, it's, that's it's... why I'm here to bring those <laughs> kinds of weird visuals. So, you know, yeah. embellish on this. Yeah, so... I think that there's two ways of dealing with issues when you're in a relationship. And um, one style is, I'm going to talk about it right now, which, by the way, may not work for the other person all the time. Sometimes, you know, the person doesn't want it. It's not the right time or, you know, and, and maybe that the person who needs to deal with it right away can table it. But but it's current. It's like this happened. I want to talk about it now and let it go. So there's that. But then there are people who silently suffer and then collect those sufferings and then pile them up, you know, as you were saying, as bricks. Right. So we, and we know when we've done it. Right. And we know when others have done it to us. I think that's why we're talking about it. Yeah. Because it's that real. Absolutely. Right. You know, it typically is when the relationship is in a breakdown, you know, and it, and if you've ever uh, been in any kind of, couples therapy or marriage therapy uh, there's typically one of the two of you <laughs> that will have done that because you're sitting there in therapy and one of the of the of you will start saying well you did this back in June and then last summer you did this and you know and you're the other person sitting there like what you were talking about that with your own, you know, uh, marriage therapy, yeah. right? Yeah. And your ex-husband was absolutely like pulling out all the ammunition. Like he just had so much material to work with. <laughs> I mean, it was like a machine gun. It was like, crazy. And she did this and this right. and this and like almost like an enrollment of the therapist. And we all know what that feels like when we've been there, right? When the other partner yes. is enrolling the therapist yes. on how shitty you are. And then the therapist looks over to you and says, so Alyssa, like, you know, what's your material? And you're like, actually, I'm a little I caught off guard here. I don't have any material. Right. I have spent years reconciling it. I'm not here fighting battles that we've done over the last year or year it's and a half. Just a different we're style. We're here now. It's a different style, right? right? So I think that's another nugget that we're trying to pull. Every human being can be the high and the low, yeah. right? What's coming to me in this conversation is, is that when you're keeping those kinds of scorecards, in my opinion, you're kind of going the low road. And and when you're reconciling it as fast as you can and keeping the engine clean, yes. keeping the relationship fresh without that kind of unspoken judgment, I kind of see that as a high road. So I'm going to add that to the conversation, you know, just because this is a dialogue. Yes. This is just the beginning of that, right? Yeah. And what I do think, you think about I that? I think that it's also about keeping it in the moment. I know um, for me that's a practice to hold on to something and then throw it in the closet and stack it up is not being in any moment. Like I, it feel, it's too heavy. It's, it's such a heavy way to operate in a relationship. And in my opinion, it, to keep a relationship clean and fresh and relevant, I don't like to stack things up. So I like to talk about them. And then when I'm done, I'm done. I mean, truly. And sometimes you have to talk about something a number of times because it might come up again. But I like to 
to take each individual incident as that. So that's really gratifying for me to hear that in my ear holes right now. Mm -hmm. This is why I want to do this. Right? Yeah. Is, yeah. is that I want to set use cases of human beings in the world so we can all decide who we relate to or we don't, right? Like I'm an Alyssa or I'm a Heath or I'm a, right. a Michelle or I'm a Joe, right? You know what I mean? Like, And so in your case, you know, you are practicing a serious level of presence in your relationships and, and you've said it yourself. You think it's destructive, if you will. Yeah. To stack up a scorecard Absolutely. against your lover it while you're trying to be in love with them. Right. It doesn't serve anybody. It doesn't serve the person that's doing it. Mm. And, and it doesn't serve your lover. Because w what is the end result of, of that? I mean, nobody likes a statue that was built out of disappointment. And that's what that is, right? That's what those bricks are making. Some kind of weird disappointment statue. <laughs> Right. It's awful. I mean, and nobody can look at that with clean eyes. It's like gross. So tell me about the time when you weren't this person and you were the other side of the spectrum when you were actually keeping a scorecard against anyone. Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, my first marriage, of course. Okay. I was 24. <laughs> nobody should be doing that at 24. That's right. I've, <laughs> I've like, heard that. So, yeah. um, you know, looking back at that girl, because she was a girl, um, you know, and I, and I was lucky enough to marry a really decent human being. I didn't know myself well enough. Um, so when I would feel disappointed by probably myself looking back, I would make it that he disappointed me. You know, oh, he, he's a workaholic. That was a big brick. And, you know, he's not sexual enough. That was a big brick. But looking back... My finger was always pointed out. So when your finger's pointed out, I think that's when you, you're stacking the bricks. And um, Let's just say that one more time so we all get it, yeah, right? Because that's, right? that's what this one's about, When the right? finger's pointed out, you're stacking the bricks against the other person. Because if you're not happy in a relationship, what, what are you doing um, in the relationship? You know, how are you showing up for yourself? How are you showing up for the other person? Did you really go into the relationship for the correct reasons? Um, you know, it's complex. It's not, you know, two people are together for a reason at some point. Sometimes it's just lust. And sometimes you got to own that. So did destruction and grief get you over the old days of pointing the finger to now? Or was it something more graceful and beautiful than that? I mean, um, <laughs> it's, probably, it's probably really cheesy. Actually. Well, help us it out. Was, uh, it was, um, this is going to sound like a commercial, but in 2000, uh, my therapist encouraged us to do this thing called the Landmark Forum. And um, I was completely against it. And I, and I read about it and I was horrified, but I had a two-year-old at the time and I needed a nap. So I, was, I looked at it like, well, my mother-in-law is going to come to town. I'm going to go do this thing and I'm going to wear layers of clothes and sit in the back and take a nap. That's really going in. Yeah, right. right? Yeah. That's really that's really powerful. That <laughs> Which when you hear about landmark later, you'll see like that's like the least fun way to go in. Yeah. Right, right. But anyway. Yeah, so I didn't even That I didn't work. Did, no, it did. Well, it did. Actually, that's the thing. Actually, it yeah. was bizarre because I went in there with the worst attitude. I had such a chip on my shoulder at barely 30 years old. And um, I got my entire life in a weekend. And it was so 
profound, truly profound. They call it technology. Uh, to language reprogram technology. you, a language technology yeah. that reprograms you. Possibly. If Possibly, you do the work. If you do the work. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm a really good student. And uh, so they that. gave me assignments and I thought, well, I'm going to do all your assignments to prove what a bunch of bullshit this is. And, um, and actually <laughs> I got physically incredibly sick. I lost 15 pounds in four days. It was the weirdest thing you've ever seen. And I wasn't sleeping. I mean, it was like I invested into this thing and it changed my entire life. And what I got out of it was I had a lot of cleaning up to do in my life with myself, with my husband, with my family. I had been playing the blame game my entire life to the point of where it was my identity. And so I didn't even know who I was. Breakthrough. And bad news. And bad news, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, wait, what? Um, I'm not fantastic and perfect? <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. And I had to say to my husband at the time, you know, I, I, I'm horrified to say this to you. You are a, a wonderful human being, and, and I love you as a person, but I am not in love with you, and you deserve, you deserve more than that. And, you know, I, I need to allow that to happen. It, it was devastating. I mean, it was an awful thing to even hear come out of my mouth. It was gross. Wow. It was bad fucking news for everybody. Wow. And you came out having all this terrible news, the people yeah. who love you the most and that you love. Yeah. And even more for yourself about what work you have left to do. Oh, my God. So hold on on that. Let me yeah. just share with the audience. Uh, I also did the landmark forum, but now I got to have a moment and breakthrough that was I'm not being authentic mm-hmm. with the people I love in this way. If authenticity is what you're really reaching for. Yeah, right? of like, course. Then like where have you not been authentic, right? Which is now distancing you from the people you love, right? Yeah. And so then for me, the big breakthrough was... I was like a very ambitious, you know, kind of kid from nowhere who wanted to get somewhere and be popular and awesome, like yeah. all the kids out there, everybody, <laughs> right? Like, and uh, and so then I was telling everybody on my front porch and in all the ways that we were having great lives, great dinner parties, everything. I was always telling them, this is an awesome start to a great life later. Huh. Right. Like, like around the corner, we're now going to get that contract or we're going to do this or the dinner is going to be a little bit better. We're going right. to so go to the winery. Even... So I wasn't even being able to say, like, we're awesome now. Like, look and, at this moment. And look at this moment yeah. and look how good we all are as we all are. And, you know, there doesn't need to be any future to this. Right. And And that blew my mind. That's a brilliant moment to get i mean to, that, that you mentioned you had a brilliant open. moment right but that was what my that, that's huge it but cracked that's, me that's open. everything don't like, you when think? you can really grasp that that's everything and the second part of it is that you can actually innocently send false messages to people that you love and you don't even know uh, you're doing and it. you don't even know you're doing it right that also blew my mind Right. Yeah. And I, you can learn skills about how to, you know, not be a dick and help people feel better about themselves while you do it. Well, I think of it as also just um, what what's the environment you want somebody to listen into? If I want somebody to understand how much I care about them 
if I'm going to add a whole bunch of but this, but that, then they're not going to get that message. So you're in a relationship with somebody who has a bunch of but this and but that. I mean, that's kind of what it comes down to. Yeah. So this happens in real time first before you can take inventory of it. Exactly, yeah. Like you're living it. Yeah. In the moment moment, with these people. Yes. And somebody feels hurt or slighted. Yeah. Right. I I call it slimed. Slimed. Yeah. You feel slimed. Okay. So you feel slimed. I love it. See, we're getting we're getting to the root of the matter here, right? Yeah. So then you have a moment where you feel slimed. Right. I love that, right? Yeah. And we're sitting there going, shit, I feel slimed, right? Yeah. And what do we do with this? So let's just go to your perspective for you know the opposite side of I don't keep track. Right. Yeah. Tell me the worst time you felt slimed. Oh my God. The I mean, well, whatever, whatever version <laughs> that comes to you right now that says, "Wow, that was a yucky version of me feeling slimed," and I had to take inventory. Of it. Um, Let's start there. Oh my. Well, I'm, I'm gonna go for a juicy one because you know Bring people it. gotta hear it. I mean, so who when, am I to say no? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, in my second marriage, my um, my now ex husband had an affair which Heath is aware of. And um, I did take him back for a hot minute. And um, we were trying to work it out. I have a very forgiving soul. I can do that. But we were out one night, and he was a musician, and he was he had a gig somewhere, and I was sitting at the bar. And the woman that he had an affair with walked in. And, you know. Don't y'all feel slimed? Changed, right? Like everybody was like, "Oh, Oh, you're like looking around, going, what's going on, guys?'" And they're like, "Oh, we're wondering what's gonna go on here in a minute." Right. Right? So you know, so 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 there's that that that's in the room, and then you know, and when he is on break, I said to him, "I'm like, you got to handle this. I mean, this is this is not." This is not okay. So you were doing the married thing, saying, "Hey, like you know, if you're gonna have indiscretions, like you know, kind of keep them clean, keep them away from home, like, handle ah. this. Don't <laughs> have me walk into a shit show carnival right. of bullshit while you're like on the stage doing music, right? Yeah, like, like I, something. I'm not a groupie uh, here. Like you're way way beyond that, right? Right. I mean, it's like we're and we're all adults. This of wasn't, course, you know. Really. I mean, I don't mean groupie from the musician, but right? Like, no, like, but, know, but it's just it's yeah. it's slimy. It's, it's like okay, slimy. so you got slime. I I got slimed and I looked at him. I said, this is for you to handle. I'm going to operate in the space of grace, meaning I'm not going to say anything to her. And, and I'm but I'm letting you know that you need to handle this. You broke the vase. You got to clean it up. So go figure something out. And he looked at me and said, I don't have control over what she does. She can go wherever she wants. So, <laughs> I mean... You know, wow. that's so slime. That, I mean, that's that's like full out slime. So you're to hear first on, on the Mixed Messages <laughs> podcast show. If, if you're looking for dirty, gritty, soap opera, kind of nasty, bottom of the rug shit, yeah. we hope to bring that to you too because right. we're, we have rage. We do all the fucking gritty, right? So yeah, like uh, that is a perfect slime. Yeah, it's right? a big slime, it you is. know, and, and it's a, and it's a, a dicey situation and, and it's hard to know how to operate in that. I mean, what do you do? What do mm-hmm. you do as, a, as, the, as 
the wife. So let's just take it a step further there, right? You know, like, so now let's just say that you show up in therapy with him. Yeah. After this experience. Oh, we did. Which happened, right? Which happened. Okay. So <laughs> now I wanted to paint for the audience your version of being slime. Yeah. Right. Yeah. While you go into the office with yeah. the, you know, like the therapist, and he just begins to unrail yeah. on all the ways oh, you are. And then he awesome. opened the closet of bricks. And then opened the closet of bricks and Absolutely. threw in glass houses and, and like everybody's taking it notes and trying to figure out. It was not even about that. Right? It, right? We, we okay. didn't even get to talk about, about, about that moment of me being slime because it became all about how I'm a narcissist. So That's sh- really important to say really quick. Just say it again. We never got we to We never talk got about to talk. We never. You still haven't to We this have day. never you discussed never got to have that, that particular moment issue. When I was insulted, humiliated yeah. in public in it front of not... everybody in my backyard right. with our entire circle. Right. And, and you, you just didn't it was not, find it was... any reason to think that that was something that you should be no, concerned it wasn't, about. It wasn't about that ever. But the silver lining in that, because really there is one. Because there's always an opportunity to grow out of them. They, they're truly, in the moment, you know, no, I was gutted. <laughs> you know? Gutted. Gutted. Right? Yeah. It, it fucking feels that way. Yeah, I was gutted. Right. I was slimed, and then I was gutted. And then gutted. Right. Um, but, it, you know, and then there's eventually, you know, I did end up divorcing him. So what do you do? Well, let's with keep all it that? light for a second. Okay. Let's go back to okay. Boom. There we go. Everybody right. saw what happened to you. Now let's go into the therapist's room mm-hmm. and let's hear all the shit he threw at you. Let's just you know give it up. That's what we do here. Right. You know? So it so it just was. Um, so you're sitting in the room, female or male therapist? Female. Female. Female therapist. therapist. Right. And my ex husband was very charming, British, handsome. Yeah. Um, arrogant. Uh, to be noted here, apparently, <laughs> I, you know, those of you who are not as smart or smarter than me will be able to take that into context. But I, I, that, I don't know if that means anything to me yet. But anyway, I so, think it's worth mentioning. Yeah. yeah. So, um, she, well, our our female therapist was very charmed by him. Clearly. Okay. So you're in counseling. Yeah. You're in the therapy, We're room, in the therapy room with after the slime moment, yes. right? And you're like you know, the, with your man. He's like really handsome. The f- female therapist is on the side. The office probably looks pretty good. Good. You look pretty good. You're yeah, all a, there. You're all like very mature, awesome, pretty cool people in therapy. Right, but, but she she's aware that this is post affair. Like of we're course, coming yeah, back you're together. You're coming in from a you know infidelity and right. You know, she's right? a specialist, and at she's it. a specialist at right. it. She's like, I'm here to help you with how you recover from infidelity. Right. Yeah, and she says it's possible, and, and it is and possible. I'm, right? Yeah, and yeah. I'm I'm completely um, signed up for it. To, it let's just get over the infidelity thing and move on with our yeah, marriage. Yeah, that's good. It's a speed bump. I was calling it a speed bump. How powerful is that? I just want the audience to hear that very clearly you're in the room you're coming from the space of i love my man i'm going to be a loyal and committed wife i'm this is a speed bump right we're not even going to think and about this in five then years cut to right me out here. he opens his mouth tell me the story right so i tell what happens to the therapist and justin should handle this I, it's not my place to handle this but she doesn't get to just show up at his gigs i mean come on um, and he pointed at me and said, see, she's a narcissist. Everything is about her. So ch- <laughs> I don't want your mistress to show up in our public places. Yeah, no, and now that makes you a narcissist. Because yeah, wait, help me out. That, that sounds a little, I, I, I feel like the audience is going to get lost here. Yes. How do you go between, I, I'm now having an affair and we're just now yes. acknowledging it, which you didn't know. 
And now, you know, you're mm -hmm. asking for boundaries to the affair until you even get your head wrapped around it, right? So this is and his, these are his bricks. So okay. his bricks look like this. Okay, please. This is why I had the affair, because she's a narcissist. Now, this is proof of her narcissism, because she thinks she has to be in control of where my ex-lover goes. I mean... I have no control over her. I don't even talk to her. So I'm supposed to control her. And this is what Alyssa wants me to do. Everything is all about her. And this is why I had the affair to begin with. Now, when I get upset, <laughs> um, I cannot craft a brilliant argument. I'm not, I'm not an attorney. And I would call it his attorney mode. And I can't speak into that. He, and he knows that. So he could lay that foundation and he could use those bricks of, well, yeah, that's an example of Alyssa trying to control everything. Um, she, she's going to try to tell me that I have to handle this thing with my ex-lover. So, so let's, let's, let's sit on that for a minute, yeah. right? Because that was a moment. Right. Right. Like in a room when you were sitting next to the man, you have a ring on. Yeah. Your finger. Right. And that you, I took back. You took vows, <laughs> whatever, and all the things, right? Yeah. And now he has revealed almost instantly without hesitation that you're a narcissist mm -hmm. and he's here on the defense. And very good at it. And and he's also very good at it. And, and I can tell the audience, like, I probably fall into that category of, of, of a him. Okay. Right? That's interesting. Like, I mean, like, to be honest and transparent, right? Like, I've had relationship arguments with people I love and say, no, I need you to answer this question now, or don't tell me, like, you're going to sit on this and simmer on this, or right. any number of versions where I'm like, Johnny on the dime, yeah. ready to have the conversation. And you can, you can kind of tease can, your emotions out. I can pull different emotions and whatever, right? So yeah. so I relate to where he's at uh, from you know the deviant side of that right. for enough. myself, right? Yeah. I am that guy, right? right? And I'm here to tell, share with everybody all the goods and bads about me, right? That's, that's awesome. That's my mixed messages to yeah. the world, right? You <laughs> that's know? brilliant because the only way that we can ever really <laughs> level up and evolve is to know where we're at. Don't you think? A hundred percent. So I get that, right? Yeah. So now you're sitting there, you're at the couch, and now he's revealed, okay, you're a narcissist, not a gentle, sensitive, responsible, boundary-creating, <laughs> like, you know, a committed no. lover. Yeah. You're now a narcissist and looking at the counselor, and did you know it in the first session or did you just stumble through the first session, like you said? No, this was this was a couple sessions in. Because at the beginning, he in. was oh. very, um, I will do anything to clean this oh, up. Oh, so you entered in. This is important, right? Yeah. Like we don't want to miss the story, right? So in the beginning, you rolled into, we're, we're going to the infidelity doctor. Yeah. And we're a marriage. You just yeah. experienced infidelity. And we're going to heal it. Right? And yeah, I know people that have. So yeah. I knew it was possible. Yeah. And also, I'm not hung up on the sex part. Right. I don't care about that part. You don't. Yeah. No, I, I cared about the lying. Exactly. So. Right. So looking back now, I can tell you that when that shift happened, was when he started up with her again. I didn't know it at the time, but um, but it's interesting, you know, stacking and and um, stacking. That was the original word that yeah. you mentioned to us. Stacking. Stacking. He was very good at it, and he would pull out bricks. It was crazy. He was like, when we were in Amsterdam three years ago, and and we were walking down the street on the way to the hotel, and and you were mad at me and you told me to man up. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> That's stacking people. Yeah. I, I like the word stacking. We were like coming up with, they're trying to work the word. Uh, it'll now be on the you know website. 
But that's exactly what we're talking about. And we all know who's done it. We, we've done it. We know what it is. But now we're saying yes. these are the things that, you you know, each and every one of us have and been through in a relationship where you're like, wait a minute. And what I've always said is it means that what somebody's saying is you don't love me. Not that I'm right, but I feel like that stacking is somebody's inability to truly be present in the relationship. So it's like they're they're starting to sew up their parachute so they can jump out of the plane and have a parachute of reasons. So if if I was going to paint the picture of my version of that, that it is, yes, I'm in fear in the relationship that I'm in. Huh. I'm afraid of me fucking up. I'm even more afraid of them hurting me. And so I can barely be present for this relationship, even though I have it in hand. Yeah. You so see it, what I'm it's saying? Not, it's not being present. So it's, I agree with you entirely yeah. that it is like a, an absolute version of not being present. But while like somehow the sundial clicked and you now have this beautiful woman or this beautiful man right in front of you to live this relationship with, and now you're mostly operating on fear, self-sabotage. and Self-sabotage. And, and, I, mean, I mean, really, this is a word that I often That's use, right? That's such a big that one. That you're basically saying, holy shit, like the, 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 uh, the lunar eclipse has clicked, and I'm looking at this beautiful person shining back to me. Right. And I'm going to figure out all the ways I can self-sabotage oh my this God. relationship. Absolutely. That, that's such a huge one. And one of the things that I love about being 50 and have had all the relationships I did is I can smell self-sabotage a mile away. Yeah, Probably it, it, 20 yeah, miles right, away right. at this point. It's nice that it becomes so self-obvious, right? right? Because it should be the most mysterious thing ever, but no, you can see it. I see when other people did it, and in my most recent little short thingy that Heath is aware of, the six-monther, um, I, I noticed about four months in, I actually said to uh, my boyfriend, I said, you, you're self-sabotaging right now. I said, do you see that? And he didn't know what I meant, so I, I explained it to him. And he, as soon as I explained it to him, he, he did a, huh, that's really interesting. And he did think about it and looked at it, but I could see he was wired to self-sabotage. And that was my invitation out because I'm not playing that game with anybody anymore. That's just not my, I'm not interested in that. That sounds beautiful. <laughs> Right. Like everybody wants to echo what you just said, and I'm going to say that like we're all here on a radio show in whatever ways, traveling. But in that sense, I think we've talked about keeping score. We've talked about stacking, stacking, right? Stacking. stacking. We all know what it looks like, right? And then we ask ourselves, why are we stacking? What's the motive for me stacking? Against I mean, do, another do you, person. Do you do that, Heath? Do you uh, think you do that? I think I used to do it more. Okay. I think now when I do it. Do you feel? Do you know when you do it? I now? do. I feel okay. moments of when uh, it comes about for me, mm-hmm. and then I think I'm batshit crazy for stacking. Mm-hmm. Right? Do, you, do you clean it up? I like, clean how do it you, up right away. That's like, awesome. I'm just like, what the fuck am I doing here? There's like no stacking. Right. right. Like, like that's I'm crazy. I'm too tired for stacking. Now, but, but it wasn't long ago. I will say like, I, I have notes, you know, from certain emotional uh, relationship moments in an evening mm-hmm. where I went and took 37 note points. Wow. Of what the person said to me that night. Oh my God. So I wasn't stacking. <laughs> you were listening. So to speak. I was listening <laughs> and then listing yeah. and then trying to figure out how I was going to either reconcile. Was it, was or, it useful? 
fall though that because that's a little different than stag that seems that's like you were trying different, to right? be no, you were doing was, something smart i was trying to do something smart okay i was kind of like i'm one. lost in the weeds here yeah let me just capture all the information i'm and a fan see of how that much i think is I'm bullshit gonna you, i'm gonna right, give you a, right. i'm gonna give you a gold star I, for that i'm not a hero here on this show ever <laughs> i hope to prove to everybody that i am not but i i certainly will go through all the crazy interesting darkest circles and bright ones too right and yeah. that's what we're doing here today yeah so i should ask you is stacking the high road a low road if you had to say yes or oh no? Oh, my God, it's low road. Okay. So low road. Okay. It doesn't serve the person stacking, and it doesn't serve the person they love. That's right, right? So it's... It, so stacking it's, is a low road. Yeah. Let's just claim something. Yeah. Right? That's what we're here. Right. <laughs> I don't want to sit around and wonder why you did me wrong to self-sabotage our relationship. Number two, what we discovered is, is that we think there's a motive of people who come in to a relationship and start stacking right away. And my opinion is is that they did not really want to get fully intimately involved. They they wanted out. And you, so but, but I think possibly he do you think that those people don't realize that I that's, think it could be subconscious. Yeah, that's I'm not I think saying it's, it's usually, consciously for them. Right. But I think that they and, and this is what you know, we talk about broken wings and broken people and, and we are living out our trauma and that's what self sabotage I believe typically shows up at. Absolutely. Is that we are human beings living out our trauma to self sabotage ourselves. Right. Right. And it takes a, a lot of work for us to understand that that's not necessary. That there is you have to unwire you have yourself to unwire that, yourself for sure, right? Yeah. And so, yeah. So I think you know, I could be a dick in New York City, constantly labeling people mm-hmm. or my girlfriend and adding up all kinds of things that I think that she's doing that doesn't make us right. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make me a happy person. No. That doesn't make me... <laughs> no. In, you know, You're not it, feeling it, it great about make, that. It doesn't make me uh, present in my relationship. That doesn't make me see the sunbeams on her in the park while we're riding our bikes and be in love with her, right? right? So I think stacking and the idea of keeping a record of the ways that we might hurt each other during this very vulnerable experience called a love affair is useless. Right. It would be a really brilliant thing to be aware of and erase from your behavior. Right. Like, like let somebody database it. Right. Like go sit down and do, like, your anniversary should be, wow, these are the ways I hurt you and you still love me. These are the ways I hurt you and you still love me. Right. These are the ways that I shined for you and you took it for granted. And yet here we are still doing something. It's nice to have a, a playback. I think I think right? so. So I'm I'm saying like I I, so. I'm like playing with this moment. Yeah, right? of like, no, it's it's th- interesting. They're not all just bricks, right? There's like a it's okay to inventory. I guess that's what I'm saying. Like, well, you know what? Wow. That's, so like, that would be a great. There's two ways of being. One is negative, unevolved stacking. Stacking. But an evolved way of is handling inventory. that is inventory. There you go. So that, that that's would what we're be, trying to get How to can tonight. you transition that's right. from being stacking stack, to inventory. a stacker to inventory? Ta da! Are you kidding me? Like, fucking <laughs> touchdown! <laughs> like, sports is back on a podcast. I, you know, I'm going into compression. It's, it's going to sound distorted. There we go. We just figured it all out. Uh, right? <laughs> that is what but we see, figured out. Let's, let's just 
let's just go into an aftercare on that moment. Yes. Feels like a BDSM experience yes. for me, right? <laughs> Most people don't know I have anything to do with that except for my t-shirt line because that was a real That was brilliant. brilliant. That was like literally what a therapist should sit there and say, I, I see you're stacking, right. but let's let's transition this. How can we turn this into inventory? Inventory. So that Because you can work with inventory. Boom. Inventory is great. Boom. You should know what your inventory is. Like an auction is. house. And, yeah. You know, you can, inventory can be fun. Commercial, exactly. Thing is right. Yes. Inventory is where relationship gets really sexy, gritty, and awesome and right. Right. Okay. Yeah. Stacking yeah. versus inventory. inventory. We discovered that here on uh, <laughs> Mixed Messages podcast show. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. Okay, so that's that's tasty. Yeah. That gives me a stepping stone in my life of the difference between inventory and stacking. Perfect. And I can do that for myself the way I do that for others and I can ask others who might be brave enough to love me to consider the same thing and do that for themselves. Absolutely. And I think it that's a this is a profound thing for us to sit down and talk about the differences and what they look like and what they sound like and and we need to do them for ourselves also. You know, we stack on ourselves as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, right. yeah. practice it with yourself, changing the, the, the bricks into inventory because um, you can get rid of inventory and add new inventory. It's, that's know. a big one, right? That's yeah. Like, that's, that's a, yeah, that's beautiful. And I write, it's pretty easy to know who you are if you're either stacking or taking inventory. Yeah. Or being stacked against or lacking inventory when you're on, right? Like, we all can probably experience that thing for the same way. Yeah. We all feel it. You can be slimed mm -hmm. in love. Mm -hmm. If we can just transition out of that peace in ourselves, you know, instead of saying, I didn't feel you loved me when you did this and that, how about taking inventory, I felt really loved when you did this and that. That's right. Can we do more of that? That's right. I mean, that's an inventory, right? That's right, right. You know, exactly. The more I've found uh, women who've tolerated my craziness, <laughs> <laughs> as you well know, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it's not grand gestures they're asking for. They're, no. They're very nurturing right. nuances to say, exactly. please let me know that I mean something to you. Right. You know, right? Right. And, and I believe in that, right? It's so simple. And so what I feel like I got from the stacked versus, you know, um, inventory conversation tonight, because we didn't even know there was a stacked versus inventory. We didn't. We, we, just, this we is, uncovered that. This is what we uncovered. This yeah. is what we try to this do was, here on Mixed Messages. This is the magic of the moment. This is magic of the moment. This is why we were like realizing we're all sending mixed messages. We're feeling mixed messages. We're, you know, sharing mixed messages. There's no way, you know, it's, there's a static and there's an order that we're all trying to reach in the universe, and we're all doing it, right? I know when I'm broken. Mm. I kind of know when I'm healthy and not broken. Right. Right? Yeah, 100%. And when I'm broken, know. I kind of know when I'm stacking. Yeah. That's typically when I'm broken. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Can right. we say that? Yes. Right? And yeah. this is what I'm trying to get gritty with on the yes. show, right? Yes. So I know when I'm broken, and I'm broken because I'm stacking. And I'm shaming, quite frankly. Yes. A person I love. Yeah. When I'm taking inventory, I can say that I'm vulnerable and I'm not maybe broken. Maybe I'm 
on the way of being healed and high conscious, but I'm definitely operating on a level of like go for the high road. Like we were and, and I want to say that you can be broken and not stack. You can be broken in inventory. That's right. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah. I, I know the difference now, right? And yeah. now I know when I'm actually right. inventorying while feeling broken. Yes. That's a great point. That's like the third version that's that really, I didn't say, right? Yeah. But I'm not stacking. Right. And there's no value in me separating or distancing myself from the other person. There's no reason why for me to understand why they did what they did and I don't like it. Right. Like, what the fuck is that? Because now this is bringing a lot of clarity just to my little six month relationship. I realized, you know what? This is not what I want. It's not his fault. It's just, I'm real clear. I don't want this. So I need to get out. It's not about me blaming him or making him wrong or stacking or shaming him. It's just, I don't want that. I'm so glad you shared that at the end of the show because this is what makes our conversation continuous. Yes. Right? Right. You and I are going to be on the show for a long time. <laughs> yeah. According to podcast laws, we have to make a lot of them. Okay. Right? And I'm in. So, uh, I mean, I'm BM single. And you're single. <laughs> I love to cancel a date. Let's share the story. <laughs> and this gets us to all the next stories. Perfect. You feel me? I feel you. All right. Thanks for joining me. I love you. Love you. Thank you for you. Thank you. All right. Next message is, hey, people, we're here for you like a am radio station in the desert fighting all of the signals of the world who are trying to get us to shut our lines down we want to be here for a real conversation about humanity and i think that there's a lot of noise out there and that we don't know which pieces to hear which pieces to not what how to eq it so if you can find any tasty piece of conversation anywhere on the planet earth that gives you sanity and allows you to be the better you and that's what we all should be tuning into and we hope to bring more of that day in and day out for you at the mixed messages podcast so let us know if we don't and let us know when we do we love you Bye.